Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast, a special Saturday Down South podcast. It is Wednesday, May 30th, or at least it is by the time that you're listening to this. I am Connor O'Gara. He is Chris Marler. Chris, today is an unprecedented day in the history of the SDS podcast. It and is. And we're excited. We're really excited. So I should I should back up for a second and explain what exactly is going to go down today because let's be honest. It's the end of May. It's beginning of June. There's SEC meetings going on this week in We're Destin, Florida. Neither We're not invited to those. We're so, not cool enough to be invited. Yeah. So we, we the, the podcast of the SEC people, are bringing something different today. Now, instead of just talking about making up some random storylines and doing that, we decided to go in a different direction. I didn't gamble all week, so we don't have anything to talk about with that. Shockingly exactly. enough. You still have a roof over your head, so that's not Ooh. really that newsworthy, yeah. I guess. But we are doing something today that I've wanted to do for a very long time, and that is we are likening SEC teams to characters from the hit TV show, The Greatest Show of All Time. The greatest show of all time. The GOAT of TV shows, in my opinion. That's right. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's the offseason. What a lazy way to do things. Why aren't you guys talking about stuff that's going on and, and asking different random questions? Because we have all offseason to do that. We yeah. really do. Yeah. We absolutely do. This is something that we've wanted to do for a long time. If you're a fan of The Office, I guarantee you're going to love this podcast. We are diehard fans of this show. It's a marathon, not a sprint in terms of, you know, off-season storylines and quotes. It's so. a Michael fun, <laughs> Michael Scott fun run, rabies for the cure, right. uh, telethon race 5K. Exactly. So if you're not a fan of The Office... Maybe this isn't the podcast for you. Just for this week. Just for this week. Just for this week. Just for this week. This might not be the episode for for you. you. But it actually might be. And if you love the show, like I said, I promise you are going to enjoy this. We spent a lot of time coming up with this. Believe it or not. Yeah, Yeah. we actually did. And so we have, I know there are going to be characters that are left out, but we have an office character for every single SEC team. And we don't want to make fun of your team too much, but we're really making fun of every single team. So. Don't get too offended. Don't get it. offended. There's no Todd Packers involved. Something like that. There's not <sighs> anything. Not that, well, I mean, that's, that's just that would have been over the top. Todd Packers such an unlikable guy in in the show. So, I mean, yeah, we didn't we didn't try to burn any bridges with fan bases too much this week. Even me, which says which says a lot. But yeah, we we got one. We got an office character for every single SEC team. I'm pretty excited about this. I'm really excited. So, without further ado. Let's get into this. We've got we're going to start with Florida, a team that's been very much in the news this offseason. Yeah, uh, a team trying to rebrand its image, and there's a certain character from the office, Mr. Andy Bernard. Yeah, it's perfect. Who is our Florida? And so this was a kind of a no-brainer for me because of two main reasons. One, if you talk to Florida fans, it's just like talking to Andy. They always seem to mention something that's impressive by their standards that happened to them about a decade ago, whether it's. Yeah, I went to Cornell. Ever heard of it? Or Tim Tebow. Ever heard of him? Constantly want to talk about that. Plus, excuse my language, but they both dress like assholes. There's there's going to be the jorts, obviously, for Florida fans. And I've never seen, outside of an Easter egg basket, that many pastels on a certain individual as I do with Andy Bernard every day in the office. Here comes trouble. Here, here comes trouble. But it's perfect because they're 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 likable, but like at the same time, there's something about you that like something about them that irks you a little bit. But it's the dress the dress for me is the is the big one because Andy Andy dresses up like he's going to the Kentucky Derby. Every single day. And the part where Michael says, I don't, and I don't think Andy dresses that well. Right. right. <laughs> Michael just, so the, the never ending debate of, 
is does Andy dress that well? Like, is Florida an elite program? I think Florida, in many ways, like like Andy, struggling to find its identity in the 21st century. And Florida has gone through so many different changes with, right. you know, with coaches. You had the Urban Meyer era, the Muschamp era happened, and McIlwain is the thing that we and can all make fun of. And for a minute, you thought they were going to turn it around. They brought in McIlwain just like you thought he was going to turn it around by being the office manager, and he was likable, and he was dating Aaron, and then. Just like McIlwain dry humping that shark over the summer, Andy decides to take a three-month leave of absence and just go sailing off the, uh, what is it, like to the Bahamas with his brother. Something like that. Yeah. Andy was the ultimate character that the writers can't figure out, and part of that was his own doing because he yeah. got the hangover. Uh, the hangover thing took off absolutely right. like in the middle of that. He had to stop from shooting to be able to do that. And, and kind of that's kind of like Florida, where you think you've got this this great thing that you're going to build with Urban Meyer, and then all of a sudden, like Urban Meyer gets burnt out in the SEC and realizes that he can't do this anymore, and then <laughs> you're like, what are we going to do? Yeah, so, I mean, you think he's a cool guy. He's, he's kind of fun. He kind of annoys you. But then all of a sudden, he has to go to anger management. Or and he's really hurts. prominent. And he's yeah, really prominent and has a prominent. loud voice in, in the show. And and that is that is Florida. So that how do we do on our first one? reaction. Yeah, that was an overreaction. When he punches the wall and then, um, <laughs> and then when he comes back and says... I got a new way to deal with the grumpies. Right. What was what was more awkward was him punching the wall or that scene when Urban Meyer was at Ohio State eating uh, cheese pizza by himself on that golf court after a loss. Yeah, the Papa John's pizza after, I think that was the 2013, yeah, that would have been the 2013 Big Ten Championship where they lost to Michigan yeah. State. Had a chance to go to the Rose Bowl, had a chance to potentially play for a national championship, I believe, and then Probably. messed it all up, yeah. Either way, Andy is Florida, Florida is Andy. Yeah, uh, I think that was that was pretty good for our first one. Yeah. I think we're these are only going to get better though, so s- stay tuned. I mean, that's that's not yeah. my way of saying like <laughs> stay tuned. We're just going to go talk about the next one. Up next, right, we're just going to talk about th- this one is m- probably my single favorite. This is a, what kind of brought the idea all together was Kentucky and Stanley. Now, bear with me on this one. It's because Stanley's just kind of there, just kind of like eh, whatever. He's just there in the background, kind not an afterthought. He's a prominent figure, but it's like whatever. Doesn't have too much exciting uh, stuff going on with with either of these with either of these people. Then you think about Kentucky when it's basketball season, and it's the perfect metaphor for Stanley on Pretzel Day. <laughs> I go to work every day for a job that doesn't pay me enough. I go to bed in a in a bed that's too small and a house that's too small. But on Pretzel Day, it's all okay. <laughs> I've got 364 <laughs> days until pretzel. Day. Right. That, that's that's got to be how every single Kentucky fan feels like looking forward to Midnight Madness and the start yep. of basketball season. It's just one day closer to Midnight Madness right. and one day closer to getting exciting about to getting excited about the number 1 or number 2 recruiting class in America right. on the basketball court. On the basketball court. That's right. On the basketball court. But like you said, Stanley just kind of there doing yeah. his thing. And people might not realize that Kentucky's had back-to-back seven-win seasons. And people might not realize that Stanley actually had the best sales record of anyone in the office for quite some time until yeah. Dwight did, took that and then won like two plaques because of it. That he gave himself, of course. That he gave himself. Yeah. In lieu of a raise. Right. I think my favorite Stanley moment of all time, and it reminds me so much of Kentucky's heralded football recruit over the past half decade, Matt Elam. Oh, yeah. Was, <laughs> Matt Elam is the ginormous 400-pound D-tackle that didn't amount to, I don't want to say to much, but not to, he, he didn't pan out the way they thought he would. Is that uh, one episode where Dwight tries to take Stanley out onto a sales call, 
and he doesn't know how to get him down the stairs because the elevator's broken, so he shoots him with a trank dart. <laughs> and he comes he comes back and he's like, Nope, you got me down the stairs, you can get me up the stairs, and then grabs the trank dart and stabs himself in the leg. Like I feel like that's exactly what Elon would do, like going into the fourth quarter. Like just just drinking Gatorade and hot dog water to stay hydrated and then just after that just stab himself in the leg with a trank dart. Like I'm sitting this one out, coach. I wanna know how many crossword puzzles Stanley has done in the history of Michael Scott meetings. Mm. Infinite, right? Yeah, it has I mean, to be. That guy has learned so many new words. And Kentucky football fans, you know, there there have been some dull moments through the years. Let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. I mean, what is it? No SEC winning record in like 40 years. It's at at this point. It's it's unbelievable. Haven't so, beaten Florida in like 34 years. Oh, man. I mean, the, the, and, the and uncovered like, you receivers. Talk, you talk, yeah. You talk to any any fan from the SEC. Like, if you didn't know SEC like sports in its entirety, you'd be like, oh, you'd be kind of surprised. Like, oh, you like basketball more than football? Did I stutter? <laughs> yes, it, I like started. basketball more than football. Oh man, I love it when he confronts Ryan too. When uh, when us, uh, it's take your daughter to work day, and like <laughs> Stanley's daughter like hits on Ryan, and then he says Stanley confronts Ryan in uh, the break room, and he says, "Boy, have you lost your mind? Lost because your if mind. you have, I'll help you find it." <laughs> oh my gosh, I apologize for that bad Stanley. That was pretty good. But- Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. So, yeah, Stanley, Kentucky. Sorry, Kentucky fans, but yeah. basketball season coming up. So. And Stanley's great. This All one's right. going to sting. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. it's it's This one, I feel like, fits pretty well. Arkansas is Meredith. Why? I mean, you're, you're a mainstay. You're there. You're definitely there. And you're fun. You're a lot of fun. Like when Bielam was there, God, you seem like you'd be so much fun to go out with. Like not to like date, but like go out and party with. Right. However, your claim to fame, hands down, hands down, is something to do with alcohol and also getting into some sort of automobile accident. When Michael hit Meredith with the car and when Bobby Petrino came in with that neck brace after laying his motorcycle down with that 24-year-old intern on the back. Ooh, yikes. That is the type of stuff that you get remembered by. I bet Meredith to this day gets asked the question, how much did it hurt when Michael ran you over? Right. <laughs> Bobby Petrino, Petrino, same same kind of deal. Right. Yeah, that whole thing is like something that they try and move past from, but the reality is you're still going to be known for that, and that's still going to be the lasting image of you. That the the image I always have of Meredith is like the poster that they make of her when she's in the hospital, and she's just like, you know, it's like a get well poster, and she's just sitting there just like zonked out of her mind and her half sedated, comatose, and. Exactly. And the image that people have of Bobby Petrino, whether that's fair or not, I mean, the guy that produced a Heisman <laughs> Trophy winner, is him wearing that neck brace. And you're just, just like, scars oh, man. all over his face. <sighs> just, oh, man. And you know, you know right then and there, you're like, okay, this is, this is a moment. This is the thing that people are not going to let me live down for a very, very long time. End zones and broken homes. It's just perfect. Just the two go hand in hand. <sighs> Peanut butter it's, and jelly. It's brutal. And, and Meredith has had like some... Meredith had some decent moments through the years, like a little underrated thing when um, in the later seasons when Pam comes into comes into the office with lice one day right. and blames <laughs> it on Meredith, <laughs> blames on Meredith. Meredith just shaves her head. And I think she actually shaved her head for that. Yeah, I think she did too. <laughs> I think she like legit did. And then she and Pam like go out and Pam like kind of relates how it kind of, you know, they made it out to be like Pam was a single mom and Meredith, you know, knows all about that. So like Meredith had her moments, but we always are going to come back to Michael running her over in his car. Alcoholism and (laughs) drinking at work and getting hit by a car. Michael, 
Michael offers to drive to the hospital to visit Meredith, and then Stanley's like, you've got to be kidding me. You just right. ran somebody over with your car. <laughs> and Michael says, everybody in the car was behind Stanley. Right, right. <laughs> oh. All right, Meredith, Arkansas, locked in. This next one, I like this next one too. You're gonna do you're gonna do the explaining on this one because you would you would have talked me into this. Okay, yeah. So so Georgia, we have as Dwight. Explain why. It has nothing to do with how bad addressers they are. It has nothing to do with how annoying they can be at times. It has everything to do with the fact that they always are so close, so close to being like the manager, not the assistant to the regional manager, not the assistant to the SEC champion. No offense, I know you guys won this year. However, they always seem to fall just short, just short of making it to where they want to go. And whether it be Dwight, that time he was manager or acting manager in the office and shot a gun (laughs) inside the actual office, that seems to go pretty well with the time that Mark Rick decided to not spike the ball in the SEC Championship game in 2012. I think they kind of go perfect, perfectly hand in hand this year. I mean, at the end of the at the end of the office, like when like the the finale happened, Dwight was in charge. Spoilers, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers see the finale. I do think that's kind of where we're headed with uh, Georgia and the SEC. I think they're about to take over the reign that Bama's had, and I think they're going to become the dominant team in the SEC. I will say that. But in the meantime. Yeah, you can't keep doing stupid, stupid stuff that almost gets you fired, like trying to take the office or the uh, the managerial job behind Michael's back to Jan and saying that your dentist name is Crentus. That's not going to play. Can't do that. Just like you can't not have the right defense in on second and twenty six. Cover two wasn't the right. It was right not the right. I mean, just in you hindsight, you got to get off the boundary. You got to get off the boundary. Yeah, it took uh, 14 minutes for you to talk about cover two. I'm surprised. I, I was guessing. It's a perfect example for why they're Dwight. It is, and and the more you explain it, the more it makes sense. And I, you know, just just like Dwight, steady, always going to be there. Love Georgia. Beats. Georgia's yeah, likes beats. Georgia's had all these seasons, all but one season, I believe, in the 21st century with eight plus wins. Yeah. So I mean, you know that they're going to be there, just like Dwight. You know his sales are always going to be right. there when he beats uh, when he beats the machine after Ryan takes over, and um, that's his, that's his like goal and Andy gets the the air horn the bear horn that's what it was right. you know Dwight's going to be there he's going to crank out numbers for you Georgia's going to be there year in year out also uh, they have the right behind mindset. the times on stuff like like up until up until recently like this past year like I always joked around like yeah like, Georgia really hasn't done anything since like 1980 but they'll, they'll make you think that like yeah like they are one of the premier programs in the country I mean Dwight is driving that that t-top firebird or trans yep. am or whatever the hell it is behind the times a little bit yeah. of a throwback yeah, and and I like the, the 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 reference too of where Dwight takes over at the end, and it's finally his it's finally his company, the what he right. has worked so hard to get. And Georgia fans probably have felt like that since 1980. Yeah, that there have been all of these close calls, and you've been right there, you're right at the cusp. And then you've seen other teams like LSU who have come in and they've swooped in and had their championship runs. You've seen teams like Auburn who have come in right. and they've gotten the opportunity to shine on the national stage. And if you're a Georgia fan, you're like, finally, the tide is finally turning. No pun intended. Maybe a little intended. But your chance is finally right now. And that's kind of... Okay, so the, the Dwight Georgia reference is a lot better when you when you flesh yeah. it out than when I first heard it. Because when I first heard it, I'm like... Uh, no, Bulldogs like beats Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> An all-time scene. The, that's the single greatest 
opener is the is the gym impression of Dwight. If you is, haven't yeah. seen it, if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this podcast, stop what you're doing. Uh, Godspeed. I mean, you. <laughs> Uh, we appreciate you. You appreciate you hanging on, but that that to me is is an all timer. That will never ever get no. old. And then the way that it ends with Jim, of course, yelling Michael, right? Calling <laughs> him into the office. Identity theft is not a joke, Jim. No, he's a family sufferer. That's every another year. reason why. The, that's another reason why it's perfect too. Because identity theft, they're, they're they're just copy and pasting exactly what Alabama's already implemented and laid down. When Kirby was there. So perfect. There that, that might be the best one we got. All right. That was really good. Yeah. That was really good. I like that a lot. So if we're going to stick with Dwight, the natural pivot from Dwight is to... His best friend. Michael Gary Scott. The man, the myth, the legend. And you knew it was coming, but he's Alabama. Yeah. And I know Michael Scott, not exactly known for winning titles year after year. I'm not saying Michael Scott is Nick Saban, but think about this. Think about a world in which Alabama leaves the SEC. What's LSU chasing? What's Texas A&M chasing? What's motivating Georgia to become this superpower that we all think it's going to become? Yeah. I shouldn't say all, but a lot of people think that it's Who's going to become. Who's the fearless leader of this, of this entire thing? The SEC, in a way, I think, would fall apart if Alabama decided, we're going independent. Right. See ya. Adios. In the same we're way... We're going to the NFL. We're going to the NFL. We're going to, we're going to play the Browns. We're, we're going to play... Uh, Who's, I mean, there are so many teams in the NFL that basically just like only draft Alabama players. Washington. Oh, the Redskins. Yeah. The Redskins, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Or, uh, yeah. Okay. So if you're Alabama, Michael Scott is the comparison because right when Michael left the office, you office fans, you, you true diehard office fans know that seasons eight and nine were nowhere near what they were no. in the first seven seasons. No. It just, it was not the same show. They had different writers on for season eight and season nine, and it just sort of fell apart. And the, the show lacked the direction and all these great characters that you had built up these arcs for, all of a sudden you're like, all right, well, what do we do with these pieces? Right. And I feel like that's what would happen around Alabama if anything were to ever, he's you know, the if Alabama decided. Yeah, and he's and the also, here's another reason why, and this is, I brought this up earlier. When you watch Feinbaum, and you, or you listen to Feinbaum and you hear people call in, that cringeworthy moment when Phyllis from Molga calls in, or oh, you yeah. see one of those like overweight Bama fans that like is wearing some sort of pool tarp, they turn into a t-shirt, even though despite having the body of like a waterbed, that's, that cringeworthy moment is on par with almost everything that comes out of Michael Scott's mouth from time to time. Inside jokes. Hope, hope to be a part of one someday. Like, there's the most uncomfortable, like, what is wrong with him? What is wrong with these people? And I can say that as a Bama fan. But, yeah, I think the two go hand in hand. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Yeah, I'm a little stitious. <laughs> I have said that more times than I can count in the last 10 years of my life. I, I ran feel- out of melatonin last night, and so I, I had two small pot pies by myself. Not a joke. <laughs> no, let me rephrase that. Michael ate an entire family-sized family chicken pot pie. <laughs> and then he gets convinced that it's 5 o'clock. He yeah. wakes up 10 minutes to 5. Michael Michael has too many good moments. And I didn't realize, like, when you watch the show the first time, you're like, oh, Michael, this is so awkward. awkward. Date Mike. Nice That was on me. last night, yeah. <laughs> How do you like your, your eggs, eggs in the morning? morning? <laughs> What's more uncomfortable, Date Mike? Date Mike with a backwards Kangol hat, try to do uh, party tricks with a cherry stem? Or Nick Saban giving a, a press conference? Or Nick Saban dancing at a recruit's home? What is more uncomfortable Ooh. and cringeworthy between the two? Because both are hard to watch. 
They are hard to watch. I'm going to give Michael Michael Gary Scott the edge just yeah. because I love seeing Saban dance because Saban, like, he's low-key got some moves and he yeah. stays within his lane. He's not – that's that's the key to dancing that people don't know. And Michael violates this rule time and time again, especially when they do the, uh, the Booze Cruise episode. Right. Where you just gotta stay in your lane if you're yeah. dancing. Know your limitations. What does Will Smith say in Hitch? Like one, two, one, two. This is home. <laughs> they don't right need no pizza. Right they don't need no pizza. They got yeah. food there. They need, yeah, they got food there. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Michael's most cringeworthy episode, though, hands down. Dinner scene. Is is Scott's tots? Oh, that was the tough. single toughest episode of yeah. The Office to get through. Is watching him just empty promise his way through that. <laughs> oh, the maybe empty that's promise. a perfect example of like Saban, like. Like trying to gray shirt some three star that he he had a commitment from early on. It was like the same as like Scott Stutz. <laughs> yes. You're like, I'll give you a scholarship, kid. I'll give you a scholarship. I promise. Oh, by the way, we ran out, so um, sorry. I, I, I don't have one. I know you're a top hundred recruit, but right. <laughs> you have to do it. As, I'll tell you what. I'll pay for the books. I'll pay for the books. That's a, it's a lot of money. It's like a thousand dollars. Okay, that's fine. Every year, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you four separate checks. I'm gonna date them. Don't cash them early because I have monies that I have to like. All right, Nick, I get it. I'll just go to Kentucky instead. How about that? I've seen that episode only twice. I think because I, I it's, it's so, so tough to watch. So tough to watch. I think I think uh, Netflix has analytics on all the episodes that are watching the yeah. office, and that's like easily the least watch episode. Also, ever. are either are either one of them like? Do they know how to? actually eat food like an adult because Saban eats two oatmeal cream pies for breakfast every morning. And on the other hand, Michael Scott, whatever that braised lamb shank that Jan made at the dinner party was, was <laughs> dipping it into his wine glass. <laughs> and you know, also just eat too. ice cream sandwiches. It's like for like lunch and breakfast. It's fantastic. You know, I have sensitive teeth. You know, I have sensitive teeth. How could you say that? How could you say that? <laughs> I'm not certain that she poisoned the food. <laughs> <laughs> Pam, Pam. Oh, that episode, the single best, the yeah. single best episode of The Office, in my opinion, maybe the best episode in television history is the dinner party. Um, so that's my way of transitioning into Jan. We have a good one for Jan. Tennessee. It's Tennessee. Yeah. It's Tennessee. And you made a lot of sense when you, when you, when you explained this to me. And, and the more I thought about it, the more I, I liked it. And that Jan, in many ways, was somebody who was past her prime, right. was was power hungry throughout much of her time on the show, and just struggled to find like struggled to find her way, and would have these blowups that yeah. were must see TV. And you absolutely had to watch if Jan's blowing up or if Tennessee is going to blow up a coaching search. You you know it doesn't matter who you are. Always, you're watching it. always a person of power. More so in the past than in like like the later years of like the present, but always a person in power, but always did something just inexplicably stupid to just just do everything she could to throw it all away. Whether it's hire Derek Dooley, whether it's hire Lane Kiffin, whether it's hire Butch Jones, any of those things, or going to Sandals with Michael Scott for a vacation and then having sex with him, also taking pictures while you're shirtless of him like lotioning your back like th that that's like on par with how dumb each of them were also they were they were both like the butch jones thing the butch jones like intern yeah, butch jones intern, intern butch, butch jones. jones like you know five star heart the champions that's on par for me with how uncomfortable and stupid her whole chick was when she tried to make her own candle company <laughs> where she was yes she had a studio and she had 
She had her own office. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the two pretty much go hand in hand. They 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 always seem to do do something stupid at the worst possible moment, and then they always find their way back into into like the spotlight somehow. Serenity by Jan. Serenity by Jan. <laughs> and also, Rocky Top is a good song, but it can be as annoying as that Hunter the Intern, his song, that they played at the dinner party. That one night. That one night. You made everything all right. When you, like, it took me four or five times watching that episode to realize, like, oh my gosh, Jan took Hunter's virginity. Yeah. That's what that whole song is about. Maybe and a little, like, naive. Yeah, about that as well. That episode was like peak Jan, absolutely yeah. peak Jan. The the part where the big blow up, where she and Michael are just back and forth, back and forth. I have no idea how the cast kept a straight face right. during that. To me, like <laughs> when it just ends with Michael just yelling at her as loud as he can, that's what she said. Right. And then she just darts off, takes the Dundee and throws it at his plasma screen and it's TV. it's like four inches wide. And he, and he yells out, he's, that's a $200 plasma television. That's on par with how upset and irate Tennessee fans got when, like, they were blowing it trying to get Greg Schiano as their head yes. coach. Like, that's a $200 plasma TV. That's a 6-6 six and six coach from the Big Ten from Purdue. Don't hate on Jeff Brom. Oh, my gosh. Jeff Brom is an up-and-comer, let me tell you. Sure. So are $200 11-inch plasma TVs. Absolutely. Hey, <laughs> look what plasma TVs are today. I like that comp, though. I think Jan and Tennessee have a have a lot of similarities. Maybe not exactly the same because Tennessee fans will probably tell you about their national championship. Right. They'll tell you about Peyton Manning. And we don't hear a lot of about it about like Jan's rise to corporate right. and where she gets into this position of, of VP and what she starts off as. But you just assume that she worked her way up the ladder and she did something really, really good in her past life to get to that point. And if you were just an SEC fan plopping into the like, you know, the the conference in the 2012 or something like that, you'd be like, oh, Tennessee, like, you know, they have this huge fan base and right. they did something to get here, but I'm not exactly sure like what it was that got them here because they don't compete right. nationally like these other programs. So, all right, Tennessee, Jan, I like that a lot. The woman who Jan tried to poison at the dinner party, well, she didn't try to poison. We never really we found don't know out, that. allegedly. Uh, Pam. Pam was tough. We spent a lot of time trying to figure out tough, the yeah. right comp, but we, we settled on Auburn. And Auburn makes sense because... I justify this as Pam is the quiet character for much of this show. She's likable, which as you said many, many times as a diehard Alabama fan, you have said that Auburn people are great. You have, you have like, you get along so well with, with Auburn fans because of how good of people they are. They've had some people that um, you associate with them that are unlikable as can be Cam Newton, Roy. Perfect. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I think for the most part, I think, you know, um, our, K names from Auburn are yeah. all nice people because they have not called us out yet for you right. know, basically making this stereotype about them. Um, so Pam, in many ways, in my opinion, is Auburn because like Auburn, Pam has these little moments in the show throughout the series where it's just like, oh, Pam is here. She's no right. longer the secretary where she runs across the hot coals at Beach Day yeah. and basically has her announcement to the world like, I am here. I am a character. I am not just a random secretary. I am part of this. That's like what Auburn did in 2010. Or when she got drunk at the uh, at the Dundies. Exactly. And she took over. And it's like Pam is clearly 
needs to be like Clam. Pam is like the centerpiece right now of this episode, right. and Auburn has these little like one year uh, moments in time where you're just like, oh my gosh, right? Auburn can't lose. Auburn is amazing, and also, that, that is Pam. Every moment in the office that will make me cry, no matter how many times I watch it. I don't care how that sounds. You guys judge me if you want. I could care less. Been there. Yeah, it's every. Wait, I could not care less. Either way, I don't care. You know, you what couldn't I'm care to say. less. Yeah, I, I couldn't care saying. less. <laughs> I could definitely care less. No, every moment that happens in the office, that no matter how many times I watch it, where I cry, has something to do with Pam. The moment where she almost doesn't get to say goodbye to Michael and then runs him down at the airport. Oh man, that was a that was a tearjerker. Yeah, that's good. Moment. That was stuff that might have been last year when Jalen fumbled both those snaps. And I thought the season was over for Alabama. I'll tell you what. There's one season in the middle of all this. One episode, Niagara Falls, um, where Jim and Pam get married, where they take this whole like you know montage behind the scenes of what's going on, and you think you know what's going to happen, like the whole time leading up to this wedding, and then all of a sudden, lo and behold, they sneak off, do something crazy, totally unexpected, and they get married on their own. That's the kick six right there. That's no yeah. matter how many times I see that episode. It will almost bring me to tears, just like having to see Chris Davis run that 109-yard. Chris Chris with a K, of course. And of course, Chris with a K. Unreal. A tradition yeah. unlike any other. God, you know what? Now I don't like Pam. <laughs> Pam, what was that? Uh, Ryan Rosillo had this tweet about Pam that was so great. It was like two weeks ago. And it was like all the things that Pam like did wrong, like cheated on Roy, yeah. uh, prevented Jim from living his dream, right? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Like had all these things. Well, she sold her and house was, in the end of it, though. Yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, she she eventually was on board with Athlete, which, by the way, right. dumb name. Really, yeah, really, really dumb terrible name. name. But she was on board with with everything by the end of it. But Pam makes a lot of mistakes during it. Fails yeah. art school. Gets pregnant um, before they get married. Yeah. Like did a lot of things that you know for a normal character. You're like, okay, this this she's not that likable. But everybody, I think, likes Pam. And right. Ryan was playing the um, you know he's being devil's advocate. Right. And I said, don't forget about the fact that Pam walked in on Michael when he was changing. So. As Jan oh, reminded man. her about, forgot about uh, that. An all-time episode. And if uh, Michael's Alabama, that's that's pretty that's pretty spot on. Uh, let's just say, if it was an iPod, it'd be a shuffle. <laughs> uh, but Pam is an all-time character in the Office, and I think you don't think of the Office without Pam. And much like, in my opinion, yeah. you don't think of the SEC no really without dislikes, a team like No one really dislikes Pam. That's a good point. No one, no one dislikes Auburn besides Bama fans. I mean, no, for real. So. Right, so this this is a good one here, one that uh, I spent a decent amount of time within the last like two hours or so thinking about because I just kept thinking of more things that go with it, and you came up with it originally. So yeah, we have you, we you seem so uncomfortable when I first came up with this, but it's so spot on. So Texas A and M, Ryan Howard, right, and in in at the most foundation foundational basic of levels, it's because each saw a meteoric rise. It came out of nowhere. We're talking about 2012 mm-hmm. A&M, first year in the conference, I think. No, second year in the conference. First, was it first year in the conference? First year in the conference. First year in the conference. So this meteoric rise in the uh, in the conference under Johnny Manziel. Lo and behold, what happens? Kind of a fall from grace from both because of cocaine. Boom. Boom. Now, now we don't know that Ryan officially was we just into know cocaine. That. We definitely there know were that. some other prescription drugs yeah. in there because there was the the later part where where Pam was like, oh yeah, their breadsticks are like crack, right? And then Ryan's like, Pam like say like, like crack. crack, like they've ever done crack. I'm like, oh really? What should I have said then? I don't know. Their breadsticks are like scrapbooking. Fine. 
<laughs> but like, so that leads you to believe that Ryan knows a little bit about, about some crack. crack. Okay, so crack yeah. cocaine, that, that all works. Yeah. There you go. And so, okay. and it's also, it's because he's a smooth talker and a manipulator. Like, case in point, Kelly. Case in point, convincing, you know, the CEO of the company to give him a vice president job. <laughs> he's the youngest VP yep. in the history of the company, even though he was just a temp. That's, that's spot on with how Jimbo Fisher was at, a, at Florida State was a five and six record last year. Somehow, always convinces like the administration to give his assistant coaches a raise, and on top of that, ends up getting a, a guaranteed contract for seventy five million dollars. I think A and M fans would have a hard time settling for the fact that Jimbo Fisher's resume compared to Ryan Howard's yeah. pre VP resume was the same. It's not the same, but the the verse the like the, the, the you're thinking that Ryan convinced a governing body, not a governing body. He convinced corporate to give him a lot more money right. uh, and a better position than he deserved. And AM gave Jimbo Fisher a whole lot of money for a guy who won right. five games last year. And also, um, here's another thing. They always do a bonfire, or they used to always do a bonfire. I think they still do. That's like one of their biggest traditions was having a bonfire like, like before. I know they did it before Texas like every year. Mm. Fired guy. Fire. Remember, because Ryan started the fire in the uh, Ryan yeah. started the fire, and they all that's like a big thing for them. It was like the bonfire thing. So, what, the moment that Ryan becomes a part of the office, because you you sort of felt like Ryan was basically like with the camera crew for the first like season and a half, and like he was just taking you on this journey right. to figure out who all these people were. The moment that he became part of the office was that episode, and at the end of Dwight singing in his face, Ryan started the fire. Ryan is, started is the, the fire. Is the standalone where Ryan's just got his hands yeah. running through his hair, and he's like, "I can't <laughs> believe I started the fire." And they, oh, there's, a, I love the moments they do something that's like incredibly stupid, like, "Oh my god, I did not think this through." When A and M lost that thirty, they blew like a thirty-five point lead last year against UCLA, right? I thought about this yesterday. It's when <laughs> when Ryan hooks up with Kelly for the first time. And he goes, "I hooked up with her on February 13th. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like, what have I done? <laughs> like, there are, and there are, okay, so AM has been in the news in the last few years or so for claiming past national championships yeah. and putting you know their name on future national championships. That's the big one. Uh, that they haven't won yet. And Ryan, when he's, Ryan at the, the Niagara episode where he's trying to, he's trying to hit on that girl at Jim and Pam's wedding. And then he's like, I was the youngest VP in company history. And then Meredith comes right yeah, beside him right. and is like, more recently, he worked at a bowling alley. Tell me about like, bowling alley stories, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting dogged out by Meredith. He got, oh, he got C-blocked, for better words, by yeah. Meredith. <laughs> and so the talking about the past and like about things that they might have accomplished right. a really long time ago, they may or may not have done, like... Yeah, that that works. That's in line. I think that's a. The more we explain that one, I liked it a lot. Yeah. This next one, I had. I, I still, I think, I have to sell you on because yeah. you're not as on board with this. So, South Carolina fans, you're not gonna like this that much, but hear me out. Hear me out. I have creed for South Carolina. <laughs> now, creed, in my opinion, is every. That was pretty good. That was like a 90s grunge band. That was not one of your better imitations. I know uh, Creed when is I say a under rock star. from Creed with arms wide open, it's the best, besides Louis Armstrong, it's the best impression I do. Under the solar. That's perfect. We're keeping that Yeah, but there. That, that's not Creed, though. That's yeah. All right, go on. Oh, yeah, I see. The, oh, my gosh. I can't believe I needed a second to Unreal. piece that <laughs> together. Okay. We're talking different Creeds here. Yes. Creed Bratton from Office fame is South Carolina because, like South Carolina, 
South Carolina basically got like this one opportunity to get a coach like Steve Spurrier, right? A coach with his his caliber of resume, with somebody with his type of accomplishments, and it was up to them to sort of maximize this and to be nationally nationally relevant to become a top fifteen program, which for a few years they were, and they had this like lone shot in the dark chance where they're like fighting for their lives in the SEC to try and like you know really build themselves into something that's going to elevate the job and Creed. If you recall, on in season one when they have uh, the layoff episode on Halloween, yeah, Creed essentially had to fight for his office life in that episode, and Creed, more than any other character on the office, was the most efficient character, like hands down, with his line. He would only get like one line All per right. episode, but it was always amazing. Oh. Like, <laughs> it's my favorite, my favorite. Like, so he's he's the wild card. He always like he always does something. That that it like stands out, whether it's good or bad. Usually, it's just like maybe maybe neither. Just stands out. Like for me, it would be Stephen Garcia going eighteen of twenty and beating Alabama in that twenty ten game, and then they lost to Kentucky the next week. Like stuff like that. Like up and down, you know, roller coaster, or or like Jadevian Clowney, like just absolutely punishing that Mich- Michigan running back and knocking his helmet off, like in that in that Outback Bowl. My favorite thing that Creed ever did was <laughs> he came in and he was asking Angela for he goes I saw you passing out some shekels earlier to uh, to Michael how do I get on that train and she's like that's a per diem for his trip and she walks off and he sits down at the seat she was in and starts eating her cereal and looks up at Meredith and goes that's Angela she's the office bitch I'm Creed introduces <laughs> stuff and it's like season four and you're like what like what is happening right now. Creed, I don't know like who wrote Creed, if he wrote himself, but some of the stuff that he would come up with is just so, so spot on. Like where even little moments where I think it was when uh when Dwight had left uh to go to go work at Staples, he and Michael had the falling out yeah. after he went behind Michael's back. And um uh like Jim comes back and he's like, Oh, like where's where's Dwight? And uh Creed's like, You didn't hear? Like we uh like died, decapitated. We had a funeral for a bird. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and just like Creed, like how do you like how do you come up with some of this stuff? And then of course that's that's his actual name. And, and he, he was, was actually uh, in like star. a very I, every time I bring this up to you, I always forget the name of the band. But he was actually in like a very famous like rock band in the '60s. So they, I, I blank on the band name too. But every yeah, single time. But he's like he's, he's such an integral integral part of of the office, just like Carolina is. With like I mean like. You think about it, you're like, yeah, I guess we can kind of do without, and you make fun of him like he's an afterthought. Like, like Carolina's only championship, conference championship, is in the ACC. Right. Right? But at the same time, like, you don't want to do without a Carolina-Georgia game every year. That's, like, one of the best games of the year. You know what I mean? Like, they, it, they, are, they are so much fun to have in <laughs> as a part of, like, the conference. And Columbia, that's where my, that's where my family lives, my, on my mom's side. Cola, beautiful Columbia, South Carolina. You don't want to not have Cola. In uh in the SEC, then we wouldn't be able to claim Hootie and the Blowfish. That's a good point. Yeah, that's cool. when you when you put it like that, that really <laughs> brings things in, into perspective. It really yeah, ties Creed, the room together, huh? When Creed talks, people listen. Where he eats the potato instead of the apple, <laughs> and nope, everybody bets on whether or not Creed's going to realize the difference between a, a potato and an apple. And of right. course, he he just keeps on trucking. I, I like. <laughs> Like, but it's always some nonsensical thing, like like Muschamp freaking out and then screaming like 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 randomly. It's like it was like comic relief for me. You remember the episode where they this well, this is probably the best scene in my opinion in the history of the Office when when they're doing the uh, the CPR class 
Oh, and they're yeah. going oh, through everything, gosh. and they're like, "He's like, all right, so you have to um, do it to stay alive, like go along with me to stay alive." And so Mike was like, "At first, I was afraid, I was petrified," and said, "They don't know how to sing the song." And then all of a sudden, in the midst of all the chaos of like, like they lose the the whatever you call it, the dummy, and then Dwight's like cutting out the organs, all like stuff. Creed goes, "Oh, the parking lot. That's where I know you from." <laughs> like that is that's such lady looks at him like. Oh, those there there are like certain moments throughout the office where you're just like, yeah, Creed did some serious drugs back in the yeah, day, and doubt. that is why he is the way he is. Yes. All right, Creed is. I'm I'm more on board with South Carolina now. I talked myself into it. This one was a little bit tougher too. So for Jim, I'm gonna have to explain this yeah. because a lot of people are gonna disagree with this. <laughs> I but did. I went without I went with LSU, and I say I because I know you're not on board, but I say LSU just because Jim, in many ways, is. Steady throughout. I've brought up the streak many, many times about never having a, a a seven win season in the 21st century, and Jim is the the steady presence in the off in the office throughout the entire show, uh, with the exception of maybe you know where they try the athlete stuff and he has random sparingly parts. But I think he appeared in every single episode. I think he's yeah. like one of four or five characters to appear in every episode. LSU, there. Jim is there, no matter what. Jim is always going to be there, just like LSU is always going to be a fixture in the conference. Jim is always going to be one of the main storylines. You don't really put Jim on the back burner in the same way that, like LSU, when you think about the when you think about the SEC, you think LSU is in your top, you know, probably I'd say top three teams that yeah. come up immediately. And Jim with the office is that. Now, is he going to? Go above and beyond and win a national championship. Um, he might have a moment. He no, might have a moment. You're going to rest on your laurels and you're going to do what you think you, you should always just do. I mean, you're not going to make a lot of changes. Right. But doesn't ruffle any feathers and, you know, is able to. Love soda. You know, Bad diet. Love soda. Big fan of soda. And and Orgeron's a big fan of, of Red Bull. Jim, your body's worse than Gumby. Boom. Yes. Roasted. Boom. Roasted. <laughs> Jim doesn't have a lot that you can really like. Doesn't have a ton that you could make fun of. LSU, the long thing that we make fun of. Yeah, I guess we have we have a few more things about LSU because the quarterback situation. Yeah, um, and that never ever ever gets old. But Jim, like Jim, just always seems like he's there. And if you're consistently a part of the show and you're consistently winning games in the SEC, then we're going to talk about you. And you don't think of the office as nothing in a gym. Right. That's true. And like in the same way, like you always the office, like the camera would always pan to Jim for his reaction. On something like him weighing in on something, which right. is kind of what we always wanted with like less miles and Orgeron. You always want to get a sound bite or some kind of reaction from them because you That's know it's going to be gold. That's a good point. And then, you know, Jim is always kind of the voice of reason. And actually, less miles was, was never the voice <laughs> no, of reason ever. <laughs> in anything really. Less miles was more like Creed in many, many ways. Yeah. I see a also lot of Also, went out there. of his way to make things harder than they had to be. For everyone around him, which LSU does a great job of, whether it be beating Auburn last year when they had a twenty-point lead at halftime, or constantly playing pranks on people, like I think that's like that's probably where he fits most. Is uh, yeah, that's good. You know, like just going out of his way to make everything <laughs> just run as inefficiently as possible. So LSU and Jim, maybe not the best one, but I think there are similarities there. Jim was a tough one. We yeah. tried to wrap our head around that, and it's it's about consistency. At the end of the day, this is one that uh, I spent a decent amount of time on in the last half hour or so. No, uh, before we came on, and it was it's Kelly, and I I gave I went with Mississippi State for Kelly. Now I know what you're thinking. This doesn't make a lot of sense. 
Mississippi State has been historically not on the same level as other SEC programs. You could argue That's that why Kelly's character. Sense. I think Kelly's character is is great, and I think she's a little bit like Creed in a sense that the little moments with her are what make the show fantastic. Those little like 10 second sound bites that a lot of shows really wouldn't go to the extra effort to flesh right. out. That's why Kelly's great. So I went with Kelly because Dan Mullen was essentially like Kelly when she goes to the minority, the minority training program. <laughs> and then she comes back and she's like, guys, I'm really smart now. And <laughs> that's like what Mississippi state went through with Dan Mullen. And right. now it comes out of the other end with Dan Mullen and it's all of a sudden like, guys, like we're a consistent top 25 program. Like he built us into this. Right. And you know that I support the notion that Mississippi State is a legitimate top 25 team this year, obviously. And that's kind of the attitude that Kelly had after she went through that. And she came out of it like a lot more confident. And like the, basically the two seasons left that she had after that, she was a different character, I think. My favorite, favorite thing about, about Mississippi State was like, all right, you guys, we're going to ban the cowbell. Like we're not, we're not doing the cowbell anymore. And then they were like, no, we're definitely doing the cowbell still. Like, just like they don't care like what like what they say. And versus when Kelly was like, well, how come it's not – how come you get to take a break if, every day if you smoke? Because if, if I get to just take 30 minutes out of work, like I'll start smoking right now. <laughs> like just not going by the, by the norm or doing what they're told ever. The cowbell to a random college football fan is Kelly to Ryan. Yeah, yeah. It's constantly annoying, always there. So annoying, always just lean, like in like them in 2015. Like 2015 for them was like like when they they came back and you're like, "Oh my god, Mississippi State ranked number 1 in the country." Like, how do they have this much power? Like, how do they have this much staying power? What is happening right now? That was the episode where they forgot Jim and Dwight were managing and they forgot Kelly's birthday. Yeah. That, and that Kelly was, when was that a happened. star. Yeah. Every party should have a theme. You don't need to, you shouldn't have to tell someone the theme. You should see it. Right. (laughs) My favorite part of that whole thing was when Kevin goes, I don't understand why we're doing mini cup or why we're doing cupcakes. They're already smaller version of cakes. When's it going to (laughs) end? Okay. So I'm going to warn you guys. We uh, we didn't have any SEC teams for Kevin. No, and we're gonna get to Kevin a little that's bit later a, because that's we a have an SEC to your out. fan bases because we didn't want to like throw you under the bus with that big dumb yeah. animal that was just sitting in the back trying to crunch numbers all the time. Poor Kevin. All right, moving on. So for Aaron, we have Mizzou. You explained this very well. Yes, and I loved it when you explained it. <laughs> And I am. I think I'm fully on board. They kind of came on. They kind of came on late to the scene. So uh, the the one thing I said I didn't like between the two was Mizzou's a really smart school. It's one of the best broadcasting or one of the best journalism schools in the country. Aaron, not so much. Aaron is an idiot, but she's so likable, and she's not a threat to anyone usually. And she does things that are kind of funny and and you know like whatever. Like you know she she's an, a good addition. Also adopted, which is a perfect way to put Mizzou. Because they were kind of the adopted, forgotten child of the SEC. Kind of like people don't take seriously a lot, but it's also pretty pretty fun. And you need them. Like you want them. Even though you don't know you want them, you you want them. The redheaded stepchild. The red, yeah, the redheaded stepchild of the SEC. And I will say that like last year when, what's his name from Texas, was talking trash about Drew Locke and the, uh, and the Alamo Tom Bowl. Tom Herman. Yeah. yeah. I think everybody was kind of pulling from Mizzou, even though they probably hadn't done it before, and they always like kind of like the laughing sock with like some of like the blue bloods from the SEC. Mm-hmm. I think everyone was probably pulling from Mizzou over Texas in that situation, which is exactly how you kind of felt when Aaron, you were kind of pulling for Aaron to break up with Andy in like the final season when she started dating Plop. Plop. 
What are the great nicknames? Why why did you call me Plop? Because you're always taking dumps, man. Right. Not true. Yeah, Aaron becomes a lot more likable uh, in the later seasons, and I think Mizzou... Mizzou ruffles some feathers early on. Yeah. And Mizzou comes into the SEC and you're winning division titles. And it's like, wh- like what? Why is this, why is this right. happening? And then as time grew on, like Mizzou kind of settled into things and is now more of a middle of the pack SEC program and isn't ruffling feathers maybe in the same way, well, right. with the exception of like the Texas thing. But I think that's a that's a funny example of the the Drew Locke, the Drew Locke moment of oh, what was that? That was the Texas Bowl, wasn't yeah. it? I thought it was I mean, that or the, the Alamo Bowl. It was one of the two. Alamo Bowl. Yeah, was, I think it was the Alamo Bowl. No. It's all the same, though. That's what everybody equates it to. But yeah, Mizzou, newcomer on the block. Aaron, newcomer on the block. Just trying to fit in, trying to find her way. And I think Mizzou has kind of found its identity yeah. and found its way. Even though it has a defensive-minded coach and it puts up like 50 points a game and, right. and like basically needs to win a shootout to, to survive. Um, I think that Aaron, uh, like Mizzou, has finally eventually settled in after time like over a long period of time though this one this next one is underrated in my opinion this one this one seems like pretty perfect like one of the more almost the same with angela in arkansas Ole miss is angela yep just a little prim and proper blonde just like 90 percent of the co-eds that are there that is seemingly kind of like uptight and doesn't really reveal much for most of the time also has this giant facade of being this like super Christian, conservative, whatever, tight-lipped about everything or tight butt about everything. That's a perfect, perfect example of how Hugh Freeze was. Every morning on Twitter, posting, you know, scriptures and everything like that. And then lo and behold, at the end of the afternoon, he's out in the warehouse hooking up with Dwight in secret, having contracts about making a baby together. That's, that's a perfect example. Of course, Dwight, I'm talking about is... the, the strippers versus Angela and Dwight, but you get call it. girls, right? Call girls, yeah, yeah exactly. Girls. Yeah, yeah. Dwight, this is the last time I have a fiance that I very much like. Right. <laughs> Listen, monkey. It was not the last time. <laughs> it was not the last time. Yeah, Angela is. Uh, Angela becomes a lot more likable too in the later episodes when they stop trying to hide. They it. basically like kind of gave up on like the. Angela is this prissy, uptight person. She's it, drinking at work. <laughs> she's, yeah, <laughs> apparently. Stuff, like, yeah, she she was like such. She was so full of herself for such a, a long time, and like, and 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 I think that's like not, not in a rude way, but like when she was dating the state senator and just became this obnoxious, obnoxious character. That's exactly how I felt about Ole Miss fans during that two to three year run where they'd beat Bama two years in a row. They had like the number one or one of the top recruiting classes in the country with Kim DG and all them. And everyone's sitting back and like, hold on, this is a giant sham. Like this is definitely, definitely right. a facade and a cover up for something that's happening. And, you know, on the, on the office, it was obviously the state senator was gay and had this secret relationship. Whereas here it was like, you know, they're cheating, you know, they're cheating. Something's going wrong. And then you, you didn't know what was going to blow it up. It ended up being the reveal of the documentary on the office versus Larry Tunsil. Tunsil? Tunsil, whatever Tunsil? his name is. <laughs> whatever his name is. Larry, Larry Tunsil smoking out on Twitter. So Yeah, and the good news, if you're an Ole Miss fan, I know that's a little bit tough to hear, but I will say, <laughs> spoiler alert again, finale of The Office, Angela's getting married to Dwight. Yeah. And she's getting to live her happily ever after that she's been searching for for so long after she tried to prove that the baby belonged to the state senator and not belonged to Dwight. But you knew that baby was a shrewd. Yeah. What is that, what does Dwight that say? That baby is a shrewd. He looks at the Galactica just as I look at the Galactica. Unless somebody taught Moe's sex, that baby is a shrewd. That baby is a shrewd. <laughs> 
Angela gets to have her her happily ever after with Dwight. Will Ole Miss get to have its happily ever after with Matt Luke? That's a weird uh, yeah, that's a weird thing. I think the 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 last one is is probably the most fitting, and you guys can you guys can tell where we're going with this one. Yeah. Oh, you know it's coming. If if you've been keeping track and following along this whole time, like kudos to you because you you know what's left. Vanderbilt. And you knew that there was only there was only going to be Vanderbilt and there was only going to be Toby. And I just, I'm you sorry, hit, you hit the nail on the head with. I mean, like Vanderbilt's not as unlikable as Toby. It's just forgotten about. It's just they're living in the annex, or just like kind of in the back, just trying, just kind of like this this like weird this, like squeaky voice. That was more Aaron Neville than anything. Yeah, that was that was weird. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that one. But. But, like, when they do pipe up, like, they, they really talk, and they really bother you, but when they do, you just want to shut them down immediately. Like, yeah, I don't want to hear one more thing about, like, your Chad Flitterson novels or one more thing about the, the Scranton Strangler at all. Like, your Ch- it was a Chad Flinderman? Yeah. Chad, Chad Flinderman, his mystery novels. His mystery yeah. novels. So the point with, with Vanderbilt, like with Toby, so Toby to the Scranton Strangler trial and him having all these great firsthand accounts, being a jury member, that was much like James Franklin at Vanderbilt. Right. For like two years, everybody's like, I'm really into Vanderbilt. Yeah. This, like, it's really cool. This program that's been historically bad for such a long time is like this program on the rise. And it's like really cool to watch. And everybody's engaged and interested. And then the second that it's not there anymore, it's like, yep, we don't really care nationally no. speaking anymore as much. And that, that's not to say it on Derek Mason because I like Derek Mason. And I think that if every coach had his mindset, just in terms of like being a human being, I think the world would be a better place <laughs> to be 100% honest. Some hashtag real talk. And I think Toby's like that too. And that you don't really question like Toby is a human being. And he kind of gets maybe, you know, if, if Toby worked at another place, he'd just be another guy. Right. And if Vanderbilt was in another conference, it would just be another team right. in many ways. Um, but because it's in the SEC and because it has this, like, this horrible, horrible history of, of losing, it's really tough to justify them nobody, ever becoming relevant. Yeah. And, like, also, you, when you pair them up, like, just like with who we have, or like, if Vanderbilt's Toby and Alabama's Michael Scott, there's no better example of the whole game last year where that what's his name starts talking starts talking trash about like, Alabama, you're next. There's no better example of that one famous scene where Michael Scott looks at Toby and says, "Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> like, like that is, why do you do this to, I, to yourself? I hate everything <laughs> that you are. No, 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 God, no, no. <laughs> Toby's coming back. I, you know what? Underrated, man. Maybe it's not underrated, but what? Easily one of my top five favorite Office episodes is Goodbye, Toby. Oh, yeah. Um, as weird as the ending is, because, spoiler alert, Jim doesn't get to propose to Pam. Right. Andy actually does get to propose to Angela. Oh, and then Phyllis walks in on Dwight and Angela. Yeah. It shakes everything yeah. up. It, it shakes everything up. And that episode was just, it was tremendous because it quietly had the arrival of Holly. Right. Which turned Michael Scott into what he was in the later seasons that he was there, which was a likable guy. And you see his character arc and you get to see him like turn into this respectable human being who isn't so cringeworthy. And so it introduced Holly and it has like this great send off for, for Toby. And it makes Michael his best self. Like in the beginning of the episode where he just whips out his shoe when he starts talking about all these like great extravagant things that he wants to have at this party. And they look at him like, what is he doing? And he starts pulling out bill after bill after bill. And they look at him and they're like, he's like, I don't care what it costs. Just pay whatever it is. And 
they're, he like explains to the camera how he got all this money. He's like, my grandma, you know, basically sends me a check for $50 every month. Right. Um, I had this epiphany the other day. I was like, you know, I should buy a motorcycle and I forgot about it. And then I put it in my shoe and then I remembered it just now. And now we're going to use it on Toby. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's Toby in a nutshell. Like Michael will go to whatever, he'll go with, to whatever lengths right. he can to embarrass Toby. Exactly. Much like Alabama will go to those lengths yeah. to embarrass Vandy. We'll go under 500 yards rushing in this game just by kneeing it and, and hoping, helping you save face. Of course, Michael would have ran it down their throats. <laughs> of course, of course. So we're going to do some rapid fire remaining characters here. We've got, we, we told you before, we couldn't squeeze Kevin in, but Kevin, Brett Bielema, we good with yeah, that? Yeah, same, same person. Same exact person. Somebody you'd want to like go to a bar with, but also like I don't know how long I could stand and talk to him. Same breed of human. Same breed um, of human, yeah. Oscars? Yeah, you, now, I said Central Florida for Oscar. You said Central Florida, and we went with Oregon. Yeah. You you can explain your Central... Uh, I went with Oregon, I should Obnoxious, say. You explain your Central Florida. Really, really difficult to, to... Not difficult to like, but like just obnoxious with the fact that like their own... Just being impressed with themselves. Yeah, and I, I would say the same rule, the same thinking applies to Oregon yeah. because Oregon comes in with this Chip Kelly offense and then all of a sudden it thinks it's like a blue blood and it thinks it's ahead of the curve. Right. And Oregon really doesn't have the history that other programs no. do that, that claim that. My um, girlfriend so just kind of is an Oregon State grad. She absolutely despises Oregon. Just despises Oregon. And Oscar parades himself as this know-it-all. You can't prove me wrong. Well, actually. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's, that's a fair one. Phyllis we struggled with, but Michigan. And it's not that Phyllis is this like historical power, although she is one of the original members <laughs> of the office, much like Michigan is like an original member of college football, so it natu- so it naturally has more national championships. Than- See, my 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 reasoning behind this was the Bob Vance thing. They just constantly want yeah. to bring up, like, mention, like, yeah, well, like we have like one of the great traditions and hail to the victors, blah blah. Yeah, Bob Vance, a Bons- of Vance refrigeration. I'm marrying Bob Vance. I'm marrying Bob Vance. Blah blah. blah. I thought of this later, and the number one reason for me is. I think Michigan is a facade of a historical program. They have they've only won one championship since 1948, and they talk about how great they are and all that kind of stuff. And the reason why I thought about this is the episode where they they accidentally out Oscar or Michael does, mm. and so and, and Dwight <laughs> sitting in the conference room and he goes, "Everyone that is homosexual needs to come forward right now, or I will do it for them." And they're like, "What?" And he goes. Starting with Phyllis. She makes no attempt at being feminine at all. <laughs> that is that is to a team Michigan. Like they do no they make no attempt at having a history and tradition at all. Well, no, and then because Phyllis then comes back and says, Well, I'm actually engaged I'm to Bob Vance. Bob Vance. <laughs> Vance refrigeration. Right. Phyllis is great though. She has some great moments. And it's weird that she says her vowels very odd like I know in the South and you know, people say vowels in a different way than than maybe like the Midwest or something like that. But Phyllis will say like popcorn. I've, it's popcorn, I've never heard Phyllis. this ever once, ever. <laughs> yeah, when somebody blows up the the microwave and it's like, yeah, it's you know the microwave smells and it's terrible, and Phyllis is like, yeah, somebody should clean it up. It's, it smells like popcorn or something, and it's just like Phyllis, like realize it's an O, I've not an A. Never noticed this ever. All right, these are the little intricacies I pick up. We'll move on from Phyllis. David Wallace is Miami. Yeah, in so many ways. David Wallace has this rise to power that everybody respects. that everybody you know respects, and and then you know quickly he upsets a lot of people, yeah. and ultimately he gets fired, and you know he gets taken out with the with the whole like Dunder Mifflin saber sabre wave. Oh God! And then he comes back. People forget in the later seasons, David comes back and buys Dunder Mifflin again, and much like Miami is doing now with a Mister Mark Richt, 
it's making a comeback. Right. David Wallace is back. Plus they had, they back. both had that awkward facial hair after he like got fired, was like playing drums at his house on top. And Mike Great point. Uh, Mark Rick has that weird uncle cool Uncle Mark goatee going right now. Yeah. I, and he comes up Mark Rick is gonna come up with a product that he's gonna sell to the military yeah. named um, instead of suck it, it'll be chuck it. Right. Exactly. And it'll throw trash away. Last one, it's Holly. Mike Leach. Yeah, because what the F are you guys talking about most of the time? Like, there's no more, there's no bigger and more awkward conversationalist on the episode or on, on any of the episodes, like, than Holly. Mm-hmm. Just the same as there's no bigger awkward interview than Mike Leach. But we love everything yeah, you're saying because absolutely. that's the weird thing. They're so universally liked, with the exception of Aaron. Like the episode when Aaron is like, "Oh, I'm waiting on Michael's pretty friend Holly." Right. And it is Holly that's it, that's waiting for. Her. And yeah, Aaron is uh, not not a fan of Holly, but I think pretty much everybody else is. Yeah. And much like Mike Leach, he's there for our entertainment. So yeah, that's I think that's a the, a fair comp. Nobody realizes what they're saying, but. Yeah, they're uh, they're loved by very very many people. Right. Okay. So how do we do? I think I think we crushed this. There are so many characters <laughs> in the office. I would love to hear the people that like the, the reactions and, and <laughs> if anybody stayed through the whole thing because don't don't leave a one star review for this, please don't leave yeah. a five star review because we put so much time into like coming up the with do- these the comps. And... I mean, like I've had to pee for like thirty minutes and I haven't done it. We stuck it out. I put it You're in the trooper. Google Docs that we have right now. Yes, you did. Fun little peek behind the curtain. <laughs> So one more thing before we head out, we've got, it might mean too much. We've got two quick ones for this uh, because I know your bladder is about it's to explode. explode. Yeah, that would be, that would actually make for a really interesting podcast, yeah, but get to we, it. Won't, we won't talk about that. So real quick, this past weekend I was at a Chris Stapleton concert, put on a tremendous show at Daytona, um, at the track there. It was unbelievable. And um, so in the middle of Billy Currington and Chris Stapleton, Florida and Florida State fans decided, you know what? We're drunk. We're going to start basically doing you know the the seminal like oh, oh, oh the chop and florida fans did the chop and it like i think maybe a guy like a couple guys got into a fight but it was like back and forth back and forth and i'm just thinking to myself all right you added a game to your schedule to get a and sixth win and it was delaware state and again i will say game. it is that is the third best team in delaware the Division Three team they have has won. They've had somebody drafted for each of the past three years, and they've also won. I think two of the past three, or at least one of the past three, Division Three national championships. UD had Flacco play there. Like, it's the third best team in Delaware. And Florida State put them on the schedule. Put them on the schedule, and then and meanwhile, Florida, Florida four and eight. That's like midget wrestling, wins. but like it's it's more like left-handed little people midget. wrestling. I'm sorry, little left-handed people little people arm wrestling. That's about the oh. same kind of kind of fight i'm seeing between those two don't hate on lefties man just letting you know got a lot of good lefties in the world all right so yeah i thought that was interesting it might mean a little bit too much to you if that's a rivalry that you're actually like still getting very worked up about it at a chris stapleton concert i mean Um, get worked up about it in november not in may right right right. (laughs) not in may after you guys rivalry after you guys just combined for 10 minutes in a season and then the other one this one's fantastic this is like really the this is the epitome of it might mean too much so uh former uh tennessee star casey clausen Took a picture with T. Martin, another Vol for Life, and Clawson was wearing a hat with an A logo that looked an awful lot like Alabama. So naturally, Tennessee fans, even though he was wearing, Clawson was also wearing a Tennessee shirt, by the way. And um, so this picture gets, it hits social media, and Tennessee fans are really upset about it. It's like, how is this guy wearing this Alabama hat? Like, what's he doing? What a traitor. And then so... Um, apparently, that was actually just his high school that he coaches. All I could think of was that scene from The Wedding Singer when 
when Robbie's ex shows up to his house and they like he like drunkenly hooks up with her and she's wearing his Van Halen cutoff shirt and he just says, As a Bama fan, that's all I can think of. Take off my Van Halen shirt before you curse the band and they break up. <laughs> so don't, don't do this to me. It was not an Alabama hat. Do not worry, Vols fans. This is totally different. This is just about his high school, just representing. But it doesn't stop people from rushing in judgment right. and freaking out. And that's that's the epitome of, of SEC fans. We we love to joke. We love to have fun. We hopefully did not offend too many people today. Kentucky fans are not going to like that no, state of the comp. But Pretzel Day, it's coming. But on Pretzel Day, I love Pretzel Day. Okay. Who doesn't? That, that's going to take it for us because I'm going to explode. Because uh, you're going to pee, yeah. pee in your pants. Yeah, that's right. All right. So uh, until next time, uh, we got a different thing coming at you guys next week that we're going to do. Yeah. We'll, we're going to tweet out some stuff about it, but really exciting stuff. Uh, we might potentially have an emergency podcast if the situation calls for yep. it. If Mr. Jalen Hurts decides to transfer, then yeah, we're going to throw that in there. I'm just saying. I'm Don't just throwing start. it out there. Just throwing it out there. And I've started right. to pee. Oh, boy. Uh, leave us a five-star review. We love those five-star reviews. Follow us on Twitter at the SDS Pod. Great stuff, as always. Chris, remember that one important thing. It might Until mean next week, too much. Might mean too I much. I did it. I Thanks, guys. It. We'll see you next week.